0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate.
0: Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else. Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate.
1: Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates in Northbrook, Illinois. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast.
0: It seems like you know balls and what you talk, so... Thank you. Someone clipped that. I'm not playing in your league unless I can draft myself. (laughs) (laughs) Outside of football, I live a pretty boring life. With Matt Harmon. Last night at the bar we were at, I had some really bad queso. I've never had no bad queso, really. Because I know there's some guys that are like, oh, no, you know, I'm sticking to my diet. Well, I'm going to plan. I'm going to plan to make sure that I can have a plate. It's Monday, December 5th. And oh, my God, what an incredible day of football we just lived through, especially The afternoon slate, you know, normally we got a bunch of turds to get through with some of these games. Uh, We don't have a lot to do that with today. We got a lot of like good games to talk about, although we have a lot of injuries to talk about as well. Joining me to run through all of that to try to make sense of some of the madness that we just witnessed here in week number 13 is the great, the one and only Scott Pienowski. Scott, what's going on, buddy? Uh, Not much. Uh,
1: One of those things is true. I think there is only just one of me. Not sure how great I was in week 13, but we'll try to figure
0: it out. Well, uh, I, I say you're great, and that means what I say goes. Okay, so I say it, so that's that's what, what what's going on here. Thanks, Matt. Um, you know what, Matt, you're, you're you're great too. Well, I appreciate it. Hey, that's some good vibes to start off with, because unfortunately, we got to start off with what was a great game, um, a really fun game. I feel like a game where we learned a lot, but unfortunately, we have bad news coming out of Forty Nine ers thirty three, Dolphins seventeen. Um, we'll get to the Dolphins in a second, because I actually think there is certainly a lot to unpack there. The big news, though, is that Jimmy Garoppolo is out with a broken foot. Uh, Kyle Shanahan says he's going to miss the rest of the season. You know, Brock Purdy, who is Mr. Irrelevant, uh, he was the last pick in the NFL draft. Uh, He is the guy who came in in relief of Jimmy Garoppolo. This is now obviously the third starting quarterback that the 49ers have um, rolled out this year. So, Scott, a lot going on here for the 49ers. I did have a thought in the back of my head like, what is Trey Lance's injury status? Can he come back at some point this year? But for now, let's live in the world where Brock Purdy is going to navigate a offense that is absolutely stacked with a bunch of dudes that we care about in fantasy.
1: Yeah, it's it's sad. It's um, The Niners may be the best team in the NFC with a healthy Garoppolo or a healthy Trey Lance for that matter. We don't have either one of those right now. Defense was awesome. Um, I, I know they got beat for the long touchdown on the first snap of the game, but I, I thought they ate. Miami's lunch for the majority of this game and and now it's you know it's I, I feel like the Niners if if everybody was starting with the same record and you didn't have to deal with what who was going to be the number one seed and all that stuff I thought they had the best team in the NFC going into today and most of what happened on the field bore that out but it just you, no team is prepared to play its third string quarterback you know I mean right um and you know, Brock Purdy, I look, he played four years at Iowa State. I don't remember seeing anything that he did. I had no opinion of Brock Purdy before today. I thought he did just fine. I mean, he was conservative. The, the goal was not to give the game away. He didn't give it away. Um, it, this is one of those things now where it's like, well, he'll get more practice time. Yes. But teams will get film on him. Yes. Sure. Um, we wanted to know who would be the backup to McCaffrey. It was Jordan Mason. Now, eight for 51 is a pretty nice game on the ground. Yeah, somebody somebody tweeted me randomly. Ge- George Kittle stinks. I, I don't know if I if I went to that guy's house, tied him up, and forced him to like bet on George Kittle props or something. I, I don't know what, what that was in reference to. I remember doing a video on George Kittle in a year where every tight end pretty much stinks. George Kittle is somebody you would start every week. I know he did nothing today, but
0: also, what a goober you have to be to to write the words George Kittle stinks. Like, come on, give me a break, pal.
1: Seriously, yeah, I mean, healthy George Kittle is one of the best three three tight ends in the league. And this some years he's been the best tight end in football. So I don't know what that was about, but I'm, I'm mostly just sad because I Shanahan's a great coach. The skill talent's great, but no team is prepared to play their third string quarterback and feel that great about it. So I think I feel like you have to downgrade everybody. The buoyancy of the offense goes down.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Now Brock Purdy, Sixteenth, uh, in terms of EPA per dropback, you know he's right there in the Mac Jones, Taylor Heineke zone. So that kind of really shows you exactly, like a guy who's playing like a backup quarterback and Mac Jones for most part of the year, and a guy who is firmly a backup quarterback. Another backup quarterback we saw, Tyler Huntley, was 18th uh, in EPA per dropback in Week 13. Just what remember. I
1: wanted is more quarterbacks to remind me of Mac Jones and, and Taylor Heineke. So that's <laughs> just what the NFL needs right yeah. now.
0: <laughs> exactly, especially ones that are uh, captaining an offense again that has Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle. Even though apparently, according to you know user and a bunch of letters, I'm sure it, you know he stinks. So. Uh, I mean, and of course, too, Brock Purdy, like you, you said it perfectly, he was very, very conservative. Uh, he was 23rd in terms of pa- percentage of passes that went 10-plus yards. Like, he was not out there pushing it down the field. I think that's definitely a problem for a guy like Ayuk, who's definitely been a great downfield receiver this year. Um, He didn't have a huge game in this one. Um, You know, Debo didn't really have a huge game either. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey was still massive as a receiver. I think we can expect that to continue, right? Like, that should be even more of a focal point, McCaffrey, as a receiver so I definitely think I'm downgrading the pass catchers not really downgrading um a a guy like McCaffrey but yeah I I think for I'm with you that my big reaction is this just stinks because this felt like a team that really you know it was almost like they cheated life at the beginning, where they lose Trey Lance. But oh, we can just go back to the Jimmy Garoppolo offense, and oh by the way, let's drop Christian McCaffrey on there. Like we can make a Super Bowl run with this type of team. I think they have they have a great defense too that absolutely put Tua like in the dry. Like they stuffed him in the dryer, stuffed him in the locker all day long. Like they bullied this passing offense that had been unstoppable heading into this game. But it, it does look like. Now we're going to deal with this Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy the rest of the year. That's a bummer for the 49ers. I'm glad you brought up Mason. That was a key learning point. Like, I don't know what indi- – like, there was no clarity to me going into this that it was going to be like TDP or Jordan Mason. I said that was a totally up-in-the-air situation. But now it looks like we have an answer, and it looks like TDP is not the answer there. So that's a guy that if you stashed him, you could probably just go ahead and drop him. Let's transfer over to the to the Dolphins side of this because that might get lost in the Garoppolo news. But, you know, Tua – 18 of 33 you mentioned hit that one pass to trent shurfield right away but after that he looked like you know a a guy that was erratic a guy that was a little jittery he came out of this game apparently with an ankle injury as well does this game move you on like where you kind of thought to a ranked among nfl quarterbacks or, or make you you know adjust any expectations for miami going forward
1: it was hard to give to a grade on this game because they were missing the two offensive tackles, and he was under duress most of the day. They were playing from behind most of the day. They got nothing going on the ground. They didn't even try to run the ball. Eight carries. Jeff Wilson had one touch the whole day. Credit to Mike McDaniel. Where when this game was out of hand at the end, I don't know how bad Tua's ankle was. He throws a. What, I guess he fumbled, and the Niners ran it back. There was no reason to bring him back down two scores, you know? Yeah. know. Looking at you, Brandon Staley, you know, the game's over with. So they did still run offensive snaps, but at least they let Skyler Thompson throw the final pick just to seal the deal. I mean, there's no reason to expose Tua in that circumstance. The thing that makes me nervous about the Dolphins, now they get the Chargers next week and the Chargers are a team with flaws, but there's a lot of nasty defenses coming Miami's way. They have a Bills game. They have to play the whole division, right? The AFC East, which is a, a defensive oriented division. They have a Bills game coming. Couple of weeks, they have a Jets game down the road. They have a Patriots game down the road. All in the fantasy playoffs. Miami's going to need a healthy offensive line. too I think two just lost some of his mojo and some of his confidence. Now, against the Niners' defense, that you is certainly in the top five and maybe the best in football when it's healthy. So it's not like there's any shame playing poorly at San Francisco. Maybe it's just a setup game for Miami. They had the offensive line wasn't ready, and two had just played poorly. But so I don't think I'm going to change his rank going forward. Certainly not against the Chargers. I'm just nervous. If they don't have a running game or an offensive line they can trust when they get to that teeth of the schedule, it makes me nervous going forward. I mean, but then again, what are you going to do, right? You're going to play Tyreek Hill anyway. You're going to play Jalen Waddle anyway. And I would think most of the managers who have, Tua, at this point, Tua has become your pilot guy. So you're probably going to just live or die with whatever he does. But uh, today they didn't have the blocking, and Tua looked very nervous because of it.
0: Yeah, and going against Nick Bosa, man, Nick Bosa's been unbelievable this year. He was unbelievable from the jump in this game. That entire 49ers defense, like, th- this is a team that can. I still think can make a playoff run, at least go to the playoffs and maybe win a game in the playoffs because that defense is that good. D'Amico Rhines is that good. That guy should be a head coach. Um, you know, as, as soon as the 49ers season is over, he'll be another team's head coach. That's pretty much how this thing is going to go. But, yeah, I agree with you that, obviously, From a fantasy angle, I don't know how much adjusting you can do uh, for Tua, but obviously it'll be a conversation point, him coming off this game, going to face Justin Herbert next week. Uh, We'll talk about the Chargers later, but um, if if, if what they did against Devontae Adams was any indication, this should be a nice little bounce back game for the entire Dolphins offense next week. But we have plenty of time. To get to that, we have to talk about Bengals twenty seven, Chiefs twenty four. Uh, I saw Greg Rosenthal on Twitter say, "Hey, can we really call this uh, a rivalry when it's so one sided? The Bengals have really just had the Chiefs number of late."
1: Yeah, three of the last five Chief losses in the last twelve months have come to the hands of Cincinnati. This is a game that this is an either or game. This is a yes. game either team could have won. My, my strongest takeaway was that Samajip, if you just put a mix in. Jersey on Samaj P. Ryan, I don't think anybody could tell the difference. I mean, he, he looked really good today. He was involved in the running game involved in the passing game. Isaiah Pacheco did what I'm going to call the Pacheco. He lands in the 60s in rushing yards. He gets a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, for and real? he has limited, <laughs> limited activity in the passing game. You'll take it. Did you win your week because of Pacheco? Do you win a big DFS contest because of Pacheco? No. Hey, is Scotty, he, start- he had those
0: two catches early. And I was like, oh, is this going to be? And there we go. Here we go. No, was, Here we we go right. Thing. Yeah, yeah. it's
1: not a thing. Right. Um, Also, it was so weird watching, like, I'm watching, like, Red Zone, and they're running through the leading scores of the day, and they go to the tight ends, and you don't see Travis Kelsey's name. You just see a bunch of, to use your term, a bunch of goofballs. But it's like, where's Travis Kelsey? He's playing today, right? But um, I would still, I mean, some people say, oh, the Bengals were disrespected. They were underdogs on their own field. I I would still, I don't think Kansas City's a better team, but by a small margin, the Bengals are certainly not intimidated by the Chiefs, and they would feel like they had a good chance to beat them anywhere, but... For the most part, this was a good football game and a good fantasy game. Good to see Jabbar Chase looking healthy. T. Higgins gets in the box again. Again, Pirine, you know, score one for just having the having all those lottery tickets on your bench. I mean, Pirine was a guy we didn't know until today. It wasn't really clear if Mixon was going to play until Sunday. But once Pirine got the go-ahead, I think everybody probably moved them into their DFS lineup, top 20 at running back, whatever it is. Uh, I'd like to see these teams play again, and I think they will.
0: Yeah, I think they probably will too. Um, so many takeaways here come, coming out of it. I love that you said, uh, you know, that's just the Pacheco. But I think, hey, look, if you have Pacheco on your team and like you are getting fourteen carries out of him and like odds to score a touchdown, that that was like basically the thesis of why you'd want to be in on CEH, right? Like, I think Pacheco's just capitalized on those opportunities uh, more than other players have in that position previously. I would, and by also the way,
1: say- I, w- I want to make this one point. It's interesting how the frustration of the Chiefs offense has gone from, oh my God, we can't land on a running back. This is driving me crazy to, oh my God, the receivers, yeah. I never know who to play. That's that's the position. That's the frustrating one. Now, at least with Pacheco and McKinnon, I think we can have a fair level of certainty of what their roles are going to be week in, week out, and we can project them as such. They both scored today. When people ask me juju questions or MVS questions, I have no idea what to tell them. I, yeah. Yes, well, it's, it's Rita Mahomes. Um, you know, Envious at had a couple of long catches today. That's great. I mean, I, I don't know how you can live sustainably from that. I was low on Juju. I felt like I paid for that for a while. I compensated for it. Since then, he's done nothing. I know he lost some time due to a concussion. So maybe he's not 100% healthy right now. Who would have thought it was possible that Patrick Mahomes, who's no worse than the first or second, he was the MVP favorite into this week. Now, Jalen Hurts had a huge game, so maybe Hurts has made up ground on him. But if you told me that Mahomes could have an MVP season and no receiver would really come for the ride and be an overwhelming win. Because you'd say, oh, OK, well, Juju going off or Harbin going off or, oh, <laughs> what, what they, they traded for Kadarius Tony? He's he's going off, right? I and mean, somebody is coming along for the ride. It can't all be Travis Kelsey. But in the passing game, it really is just Travis Kelsey.
0: It, it really is. Um you said this was like the class, like it's a classic Pacheco game. This was the classic MVS game, right? Six targets, two catches 71. And there was at least a couple of like mind bending drops in, in there too. But like he can, he, it, it's normally the whole, like, always oh, it's a one trick pony. Like it's disrespectful to players, but like MVS is literally good at one thing. Like he, he can stretch the field and that's it. Like that, that's pretty much it. Um, So, and like he, he, was, he made a couple big plays. That's great to see. But like, your point about Juju is 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 well taken. Now, he ran around on 77% of the dropbacks. He did suffer what seemed like another head injury in this game and missed some time, but did go back into the game. So they did at least miss a few drives there. Like, yeah, you're right. It's been sort of a, a tale of almost like three seasons for Juju. There was the quiet start, the really hot middle, and now it's sort of like this back-and-forth injury situation. And, Scott, like, at least we used to be able to predict the three guys that were going to be on the field – for the Kansas city chiefs at wide receiver is going to be MBS it was going to be Juju is going to be Hardman. Now Juju leads the team. The wide receivers with 77% routes per dropback. Like the rest of those dudes, MBS is at 58. Um, you know, Justin Watson's at 48.4. Uh, Sky Moore is, is a 32% player. Like they're completely rotating this group. They're playing a lot of three tight ends. Like this guy, Noah gray, uh, this guy, Jody Fortson is out there a ton. So it is a great offense, but, like you said, not a lot there from a, like a predictable fantasy standpoint. Um,
1: There's one other frustrating thing about the Chiefs, and, and I realize nobody wants to talk about the Broncos offense, although we may talk about it in passing. They still have two Broncos games left next week and Week 17, and Denver's defense is fantastic, as I've been saying every, just about every week. Only one Broncos game has gone over the total all season because the Broncos don't score, and they stop the other team from scoring. Now the Chiefs have a chance to put up 30 against anybody that's that good but sure. you would have if, if you were invested in the chiefs offense you would have liked to have one of those bronco games tucked away already and maybe the other one tucked away in, in the final week that we don't use for fantasy generally instead they're both in the eye of the you know next week it's going to be a de facto playoff game for a lot of fantasy managers they try to get in the playoffs or solidify their seating and then they're waiting in week 17 so that's not ideal uh, of course again mahomes and reed can do it against anybody you would never sit travis kelsey but it's just frustrating that they have to face the Broncos at a time when you prefer
0: not to. No, that's a great point. It's really, uh, you're right. It's frustrating to, to put it in one way. The Bengals, man, the Bengals are for real, uh, feel so feel great about them as a team right now. Uh, Samaji Piran, it is kind of funny. I've always said that it's weird that Piran has sort of become like their passing down back and Mixon with sort of their early down banger, um, at least coming into this year. Right. But, uh, because their roles they played together in college and their roles were completely reversed. Mixon and Pirine they played together at Oklahoma and like Pirine, who looks like who looks like and was the early down banger, uh, for Oklahoma, and then Mixon was like known for his pass catching skills. But you know, six catches again for Pirine in this game. Joe Burrow's thrown to running backs a ton this year, and I think like. His, his time to throw in this game is about 2.5 seconds. Like He's typically one of the top five, top ten, like longest time to throw quarterbacks. But he has really taken another step, I think, as a processor, as a quarterback. He also runs 11 times in this game. That was great decision-making by him. And now it's like, oh, by the way, this team has taken a step. They've evolved a little bit. Burrow, I think, has taken another step uh, within the context of this offense. Now you just drop Jamar Chase in there. It's, it's really easy to get super excited about the Bengals as a team in the NFL and as a fantasy unit as well.
1: You know Burroughs feeling it and seeing the field and understanding all, all that he's processing. On a day where he runs 11 times for 46 yards and a touchdown, and he only takes one sack. And there were times where he was under pressure. I, you know, one of the late possessions, when they finally iced the game, he was on under pressure. I'm like, Joe, you get rid of the ball, and he ends up running for like three or four yards. So he's willing one of the great things about Burrow and yet maddening things about Burrow is he will hold the ball to to set up a play sometimes, but we saw Cincinnati make such an investment in their offensive line before the season. It didn't play well early in the year. Part of that was Burrow. Part of that was the line. We know these things can take time to gel. I feel like if they don't have a fortress in front of Burrow, at least it's a plus offensive line. And he's a guy I would just follow him. He's perfect frontman for both of these guys are perfect frontmen for their teams. You know, they, they say the right things. They do the right things on the field. Um, you know they take a hit, they just get up. You know, um, I, I again, I think we're going to see another
0: Chiefs Bengals game in the playoffs, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, should be really fun. Uh, I just think Burrow, like like, is a great point there. He he is a guy that I would I would go to go to bat for for sure. He's just playing that well right now. This whole team is playing that well around him. Um, next game up here, another awesome game in the afternoon window. Raiders 27, Chargers 20. Um, Herbert made a little interesting at the end. Unbelievable throw to Keenan Allen, but. There was a couple of times where the Raiders just absolutely dominated this game, Scott, and it was mostly on the back of, again, their two dudes like Josh Jacobs and uh, Devontae Adams have unbelievable fantasy roles. I mean, the fantasy roles that you dream of, right? Uh, And obviously, you know. Josh Jacobs is a feature back. He's coming off this 300 yard game last week. He's a game time decision, quote unquote, on this game. Uh, Didn't look like it 26 carries, 144 yards, a touchdown, two catches as well. But man, Devontae Adams, like, Scott, I think you could argue that Devontae Adams is having his best season right now as a pro, which is crazy because obviously he is coming off a bunch of storied seasons with the Packers. You know, he's been unbelievable statistically. But like, Devontae Adams has always been unbelievable when you isolate him from Aaron Rodgers in the at least the last four years in Green Bay, right? You know, he's number one and or number two in success rate versus man and press coverage for reception perception every year. He's an elite route runner, elite player. And now he's on pace for 112 receptions, 100, or 1,600 yards, and 17 touchdowns in 17 games. Like, statistically, that would be some of his best work. Uh, and, and again, like, it's not all about stats. I think counting stats is kind of a silly way to evaluate pure wide receiver play most of the times. But it's just unbelievable that Ra, Ro- you know, Rogers obviously struggling in Green Bay. You know, the Raiders aren't that great of a team, right? They they they're five and seven now at this point. But Ad- it's like we can't lose track of the fact that I think Adams has had an incredible statement year for his career. And this game, I think against the Chargers, he was like completely uncoverable. Was probably the statement game within that season.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, I feel like the Raiders got their season fixed. It may be too late because they're just five and seven, but. Maybe I was just a little too late to adjust to it. Not that, what are you going to do? You have to trade for Jacobs or Adams, I and mean, the trade deadline's gone in most leagues, and people would have wanted a lot for them anyway. But it was like a month ago where people were thinking, oh, okay, who 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 did you wrong in the first round? Yeah, you shouldn't have taken Devontae Adams. I mean, Devontae Adams has a decent chance to end the year as a wide receiver one, and he's going to end the year in the top three. Derek Carr having a nice season. Jacob, as you said, the, the concentration here is so ridiculously narrow. I know they did spend a bunch of targets on Mac Hollins today. They didn't go anywhere. Pretty much, when somebody taps on the shoulder and says the Raiders just scored, you know it's one of two guys. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's a that's a fantasy dream. On the flip side, you mentioned that Herbert throw to Allen, one of my favorite throws of the day. What a dart that was! But I I still, I wish, I wish I could fast forward to the spring when the hopefully the Chargers are going to overhaul their wide receiver room because it just it's missing something. It's it's like, here we are, we're at our dinner, we're eating our meal. It's like something, you forgot to put in one of the ingredients. You know, you, you built a crib and you didn't use like four of the nuts and three of the bolts and the thing's going to fall apart. That's how I feel about the Chargers. The fact that I picked the Chargers in this game feels stupid because as it played out, I'm like, oh man, the Raiders are obviously the right side here. And, you know, I, I picked the Chargers to go to Super Bowl before the season, which obviously is not going to happen. But I, I'm done. I'm done with this Chargers team in the sense of, I need I need prove it weeks from a lot of these guys. I mean, Echo yeah, didn't have a great game today. He'll be fine. It's, it's nice to see Keenan Allen downfield, which he doesn't do all that often. I'm still a Herbert fan long term, but uh, I was wrong about so many Charger things this year. And it's, it's frustrating.
0: Yeah, I hope they don't fall into the trap of looking at their IR list, which is, you know, Quite, quite lengthy, right? They've had a ton of injuries. Uh, they suffer an injury for Sebastian Joseph Day in this game. Uh, we'll see if it's, you know, long-term Zion Johnson. Another guy got a little banged up in this game as well. That was my takeaway watching this game was they are just getting their ass kicked in the trenches, man. And they, by the way, they get their ass kicked in the trenches pretty much on a weekly basis, right? Like, they're not a good running team. Um, Austin's talked about that on the show uh, all year long. They're, they're not a great – they don't run the ball well. Um, They've uh really obviously struggled to defend the run. They also struggle to defend the pass. Their head coach is supposed to be a defensive guy. The defense always stinks. Like they're kind of – they're just kind of like a soft team to me. And, you know, they're – I again, I hope they don't sit there in the offseason and say, oh, well, we lost all these dudes to injuries. Like, no, nah, I think there needs to be some like bigger conversations about the way they play offense, the way they play defense, and like really from a top-down type of situation. That's, that's my, just my take on it. No, I'll co-sign uh, that. Um. All right. Dolphins at Chargers Sunday Night Football next week. Um. My that's going to be like the take bowl, right? Like there's going to be takes on two of Yeah. What are, they, Her- what are they?
1: What are they going to talk about there? I mean, what what could possibly be the angle that they're going to spend ninety minutes on?
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Neither one of it. Like Tua's probably coming off his worst game of the season. Uh, Herbert suffers another loss. Um, uh, where he, you know, the 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 criticism, the social media quarterback. Like he makes this throw that goes viral on social media, but they lose the game. Um, yeah going be a lot of takes heading up to this week. If you don't, if you can't deal with that stuff, like log off, okay. Don't be well, on you know what? Hey, <laughs> uh,
1: as we said in the preview, I I'm just glad we were spared another Broncos Island game because nobody wants oh that. God, and that's yes. the power of the Broncos offense. It's so it stinks so much that NBC said ran away from a Mahomes and you know Chiefs game. They wanted no part of that because that meant the Broncos would also have to be featured. You you couldn't just televise the Chiefs possessions. You'd have to
0: also televise when the Broncos had the ball. Would you would you rather, Scott? Have to sit down and watch, like from snap one to the end, a 2022 Broncos game, or have to read, like, a bunch of like, read the timeline, every single tweet on like Tua Herbert and the and the takes, and watch every video from um, who's the guy, Emmanuel Acho, you know, the social media quarterback. Which would you rather have to do?
1: I think I'd rather do the social media slog, uh, that 500-yard <laughs> Shawshank slog, only because you can't talk about Herbert and Tua without some good highlights coming your way. If you talk about the 2022 Broncos, there's nothing good that's ever going to come of it. Social true. media, when when it becomes all hot-takey, at least some of the hot takes will be funny or, or some of the highlights will be interesting to watch. You might learn something in the middle of all the trolling. But there's no, nothing good comes from talking about the Denver Broncos.
0: I think as much as I hate the Broncos, I think I'd I'd have to do, I I think I'd have to watch the Broncos. Wow. Okay. Well, (laughs) (laughs) i already regret it though. I already regret it. I already regret it. So I don't know.
1: (laughs) I want, you know, when I want you, you and Dalton do the stat nerd podcast. I want you to talk about the Broncos for like 35 minutes. I want you to rewatch all of their plays on, on the TV feed. And then I want you to watch them all on, on the all 22 feed. I want you to do a a reception perception special on the, the Denver Broncos passing tree. Okay. I want oh historical cops. I want historical comps to Russell Wilson, you know, both on the field, I want you to comp his house to somebody else's house, his marriages back. to somebody I else's marriages. I take it back. Yeah.
0: I take it back. I take it back. Give me give me give me 35 minutes of uh of or, I mean give me give me 3 hours of scrolling Twitter then in that case. For for to debates. I'll take it. Never mind. I never mind. okay you you've changed my mind. Good. Um, We'll get. We're not. We'll get to the Broncos a little later on in the program. But let's talk about Maybe. two. Action we good might skip it. We, we might. We might. Honestly, we might. I'm we telling might. you right
1: now, we're on the timer. If we run out of time, this will be like when the you know they go to the other program already in progress. We we may not get to the Broncos and, and Ravens. It, and by the way, Broncos and Ravens fans, if you're waiting for comments on that game, of course it's the last game we're going to talk about if we have time. If no promises time. meant.
0: Vikings twenty-seven. Jets yeah. 22. We go. Um, you know, nice game by the Vikings. Uh, this doesn't really like, you know, Mike White. Uh, he throws two interceptions. One of them clanks off of one of his uh, pass catchers' hands. I think it was uh, Corey Davis early on in the game. The other one was late in the game. You know, but he still gets 369 yards, still like shows the the talent I think in the play calling booth and also within uh the Jets offensive roster. Um and it sounds like afterwards that every you know, Garrett Wilson was singing his praises after the game, talking about how he'd go to war with that guy. I think this does not change anything in terms of like the Mike White bandwagon basically.
1: Not at all. The wrong team won this game. The Jets mm. have four hundred and eighty six total yards, the Vikings have two eighty seven. The Jets averaged five point nine a play. The Vikings average four point three. If you you know you um, in the bold predictions piece we did, you put a bunch of Mike White propaganda. I was actually prepared to do that, and and you beat me to it. So um, I, it's I, always I fun co- the, little
0: ra- the little race, like because we don't talk about who's going to do these bold predictions. Because I've gotten there sometimes, and you or Andy or Dalton's like done the one. I was like, well, all right. Good thing I waited till. N- good thing I waited till nine forty <laughs> five. already minutes. done his bold predictions for the rest of the season. His, his bold know, prediction for week eighteen has
1: already been filed. He's so efficient, what a it's, it's actually nauseating. <laughs> But no, hey, Mike White uh, threw the ball downfield. He threw some dynamite throws. Wilson had a huge game. He had a tight window throw to Corey Davis. That was beautiful in the fourth quarter. They would have had the go-ahead touchdown if Braxton Berrios doesn't drop a perfectly thrown pass. Oh, yeah, I know. On fourth down. You know, I don't know. Maybe they could have run the ball. And Zonovan Knight did what we wanted. We wanted somebody to take control of the backfield. You know, I went after Zonovan Knight in waivers. I just didn't have enough capital to get him. So I'm like, well, I don't have Zeniman Knight. And then he he plays a pretty good football game, and almost nobody else in that backfield gets touches. And I'm like, oh, man, he was the guy to get. And I tried to get him. I didn't get Bam Knight. I I think the Jets' offense is I think still a fun team. Really good defensive team. Lots of skill, talent on offense. Congratulations, Vikings. You won a game where Kirk Cousins couldn't even get five yards per attempt. He gets that late touchdown to Jefferson to kind of bail out his day. We've said this a lot this season. Somehow, With the Vikings cruising to the NFC North title, this is the worst season of Kirk Cousins' career, despite new coaching, despite a different offensive shape, despite getting TJ Hawkinson about a month ago, and despite having Justin Jefferson, who's one of the top two or three receivers in the world. This team's going to lose in the playoffs. This team is such. Look, when I say they're frauds, I mean they're not 10 and 2 good. They should be like, well, let's see, what's seven and five, maybe eight and four, maybe. they're going to lose to somebody. I would pick Dallas to beat them. If Dallas was playing at Minnesota, I guess they, are, they already played, right? Dallas. Um, yeah.
0: They the Ble- Blew them out, them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I would pick Dallas to beat them anywhere. I'd pick Philadelphia to beat them anywhere, even if the Niners have a backup quarterback. Saw I saw that
0: game, too. Also
1: yeah. saw the Vikings-Eagles. I'm not – Adam Thielen, did he, uh, did he just retire at halftime of this game? Um, he, retired, he retired years.
0: after eating a turkey on Thanksgiving. That was it. That was it for, for Adam Thielen.
1: It's just so weird. I,
0: the Jets are the team I've been on. I
1: think the Jets are better than the Vikings. I really do.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, I get it. Like, I mean, Garrett Wilson goes completely, uh, you know, off in this game. Fifteen targets, one hundred sixty-two yards, and you know, Garrett Wilson's a, a superstar. There were there were. Plays like left on the field because like Mike White missed him by just this much with with Garrett Wilson, but they could not tackle that guy. They could not tackle Corey Davis in, in this game. Like the defense for Minnesota, I think is a big problem as much as like, yeah, I, I agree with you that Kirk Cousins has been like a little hit or miss this year. And I, I think he's definitely ha- statistically he's having his worst Viking season for sure, I think the fact that they are they're opportunistic on defense, and again, they get two takeaways in this game. One of which, I, again, was Tyler Conklin's fault. Conklin, by the way, as much as we're going to talk about uh, AJ Brown's revenge game, Conklin on the other side of a revenge game dropped like two catchable passes that would have moved the chains. Tough scene there, but you know this is this is definitely a team in minnesota that is exploitable on both sides of the ball so i agree with you on that one but yeah i think the big thing for me is just i feel very good about the jets um their defense played well in this game you know they did their best against justin jefferson and uh, the offense has a lot of has a lot of life to it man and it sounds like there's no second thought about taking mike white off the field what's a little
1: frustrating to me is if had you told me white would get to 369 And Elijah Moore would get the six targets. I would assume there would be at least one or two splash plays. I I didn't see the more targets, so I'll have to go back and see. Did he run bad routes? Were they throwaways? Did he he leave anything on the field? But I thought after last week, the two splash plays on the two targets that Elijah Moore was looking at a bigger role. I don't know what to make of six targets when they throw it 55 times, but not much came of that. And, And Conklin can't complain about his opportunities, too. He gets seven targets in this game. And Corey Davis, I always said that Corey Davis would have been a great guy for the Jets to trade because they really don't need him long-term, but he could be a good football player for a lot of these receiver-hungry teams like the Ravens, like the Chargers, maybe the Packers, although they're starting to find some answers. Corey Davis played played well today. He's always been a good football player, so he wasn't top five in the draft good. You know, He's never going to justify his draft yeah. capital. I get it, but he'd be welcome on any of my teams. I
0: agree with you. Uh, Elijah Moore ran 45 routes. Corey Davis ran 46 routes, which I, I know, like, the bottom line stuff is what is what people want to see but like remember we, like when once the guy goes you know like gets inactive for for making a trade request like you take your expectations like all the way back to zero and you have to start thinking like okay if he's just getting a playing time boost every single week like that's good news for Elijah Moore there were a couple misfires to Elijah Moore I watched this game I watched this game almost like the, the entire way through and there was one play where I, and I, this was on him 100% obviously uh he he only gets one foot down uh on the sideline he doesn't even like almost looked like he, he just was completely unaware like i need to get the second foot down it's like bro you're playing in the nfl pal This ain't college anymore by the way can we get we need like a universal rule with the uh with the one foot down two foot down this is one of my hot takes but like it should be two feet or one feet all like at all levels uh, it shouldn't be like in the nfl you jump to two and college you only do one but that's a whole other subject whole well nother. when we used to play
1: like we'd play football right mm-hmm. When you get older, you just play tackle football and you try to like maim the people in your neighborhood. It's, it's very gruesome and ghoulish. But before that, oh, yeah. you'd play touch. You'd play touch football. The idea was that was it one hand touch? Is it two hand touch? And I said, look, it's fingernail touch. If any part of your hand touches the person with the ball they're down because then we don't have to make judgment calls i was way ahead of way ahead of all these reviews that we have to watch and everything and why, why not one foot if the nfl went one foot so what would you have you'd have more catches at the boundary that would count who'd be against that
0: uh every defensive player who already thinks they're getting slighted by the fact that the game is so skewed towards offense so um <laughs> that they would be the ones opposed to it but i think obviously those of us on the outside would probably enjoy it all right let's move on Lions forty, Jaguars fourteen. Scott, pretty pretty impressive day for the old Detroit Lions. And hey, shout out to Dalton. Jared Goff had a huge game in this one.
1: Jared Goff did have a huge game. Uh, negative shout out to me. I, I made the SAT joke about DeAndre Swift. You know, seven, eight, nine touches a week. The next number is not eighteen. Well, the next number was eighteen. Well, you said it the- wasn't
0: seventeen. You were right. It wasn't seventeen. Okay, I specifically remember 17. you said seventeen. So you nailed. Whatever.
1: it. Whatever. The point is, my takeaway on Swift was that. I want to show-me game. Either the Lions don't think he's healthy or they don't trust him or that maybe they've soured on him a little bit. Well, he, he was really good today and was active, was more involved than Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams saved it with some touchdown deodorant. So I'm, I'm just owning that. You know, All you people are like, aha, you told me not to play Swift or I still played him anyway. Yeah, you suck. Okay, yeah, you won this round. I'll, I'll take it. Whatever. Lions have won four out of five. The loss was to a good Buffalo team. Jared Goff is above the league average in like every – Front door metric, you know, YPA, touchdown rate, interception rate, quarterback rate. He's playing good football, man. And you know, 11 of the 12 targets at St. Brown were completions. They didn't get much from Jameson Williams today, which is what they, they shouldn't be exposing him to a lot. I There's a guy you definitely need a proven game on. Right, yeah. And the best of all is you get the Minnesota defense. That's secondary. Again, they, made back, they gave back Jones the best game of his career. And even though the Jets didn't beat them, you know, Mike White was rolling the ball up and down the field all day against them. So... I would think the good times roll for the Lions against Minnesota next week. I think the Lions have a good chance to win that game. And, you know, Williams is in play, Swift is in play, St. Brown's in play. And in a year where so many quarterbacks, you know, know, the Wilsons and the Bradys and the Rodgerses and Staffords and for various reasons, Lamar Jackson's hurt now. And he's been in a slump for a while anyway. A lot of quarterbacks have let us down. A lot of quarterbacks have been, we just can't trust them. And Jared Goff's in circle trust. And maybe that means he's like quarterback 11 or quarterback 12 or quarterback 10. And you know, you'd like to have a quarterback better than Goff. I, I, you'd rather have Mahomes or Hurts or you know, all those guys. But Jared Goff's turning into a nice profit player on an offense, which, offensive line we like, right? Offensive scheme we like. This is a good, good team. And they have indoor game next week against a team that can't cover anybody. I'm all in on the Lions.
0: Yeah, gr- I mean, they're really well set up at this point. DeAndre Swift, I know they're like, There's definitely a conversation to have. Like, was his usage kind of game script related? Because obviously they were blowing out the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, one point Trevor Lawrence leaves this game, but even in the first half, like DeAndre Swift was out snapping Jamal Williams twenty eight to eighteen. He had been targeted on thirty one percent of his routes in the first half, or in the first three quarters, and he had a forty five percent share of the team rushes. Like, you know, so and that was more than Jamal Williams. So. I may, maybe it all it, like again, we never know this stuff, right? Like the health, the health component of it. So maybe he's just healthier now. And like now they're confident, kind of ramping him back up, right? And it's just one of those things we would never know. And like it was, it was definitely strange when like Justin Jackson was getting touches, uh, and DeAndre Swift was getting minimized. But I don't know, maybe Swift, uh, moves forward as, as like a guy that we can trust. That would be certainly awesome because I think we all agree he's a good player. And you know, speaking of guys, we all agree is a good player. I mean, Amon Rossi Brown gets in the box twice. think that felt like a, like a sigh of relief you know because he had scored three touchdowns and they both came in the they all came in the first two weeks he had three touchdowns on 78 receiving uh targets coming into this game has two touchdowns in this one that was great to see uh because he's just been so unlucky getting tackled inside the five yard line on the other side of this scott it does look like trevor lawrence dodged a serious injury i thought at one point like when he got taken down and you know left the game, I was like, "Oh, that's that's gonna be uh, troublesome." But he does come back, throws a touchdown to Evan Ingram. Looks like he's gonna be okay. the The guy that's interesting in this game coming out of it is Christian Kirk. Obviously, he has a good matchup. He has 100 yards. And the great Zay Jones. I mean, people want it, want you to talk about Zay Jones. Stop. Like he's gonna have games every now and again because he's an NFL player and he's out there running a ton of routes. But he catches two balls for 16 yards. Like, okay, great.
1: Yeah, just frustrating, right? I mean, Lawrence coming off the best game of his career, that comeback win against Baltimore. Even though I did pick Detroit in this game, I certainly thought the Jaguars would be well over twenty points. I thought Lawrence would would have a decent fantasy day. That getting banged up in the game had something to do with it. But Jones doesn't come through. ETN doesn't get enough touches to be to be relevant. Although he was fine as a runner, I I just I'm so desperate. I'm so eager to get some wins from that 2021 draft class and. Yeah, I was. I fell in love with the game Lawrence played last week. Whatever. This isn't the Ray Lewis Ravens. I mean, their, their defense is okay. It's not like it's impenetrable or anything. But major step back for these guys. I, I'm sure I told at least one person to play Zay Jones today. It was you know as a wide receiver three, as a guy who I thought would be around fifty to seventy yards with maybe a thirty percent chance of a touchdown. He obviously came nothing close to that today. So I guess we have to go back and the drawing board with the Jaguars. I still think Lawrence's his trajectory, his arrow is pointing up. You're allowed to have a bad game once in a while, but it was just frustrating to see it in a matchup where I, I thought this was going to be a pinball game on both sides. It's like the the Lions you know, hogged the pinball machine and the Jaguars didn't keep up. It's um, and, uh, Evan Ingram had his monthly touchdown so that we can play him for the next two or three weeks and watch him do nothing, which I'm sure he probably will.
0: Uh, yeah, I couldn't have said that one better myself. All right. We got to take a quick break on the other side of this. We get to talk about AJ Brown's revenge game. VR training platforms like the one developed by fundamental VR and Orbis international are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
1: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right. Eagles 35 Titans 10. Um, this one wasn't competitive. Uh, you know, obviously, Derrick Henry is definitely in a big-time slump for the Tennessee Titans. Traylon Burks catches one pass, 25 yards, touchdown. He gets hit, uh, rough-looking. I can't believe he held onto that ball, but he scores the touchdown. He leaves the game with the concussions, not seen again. And, you know, Tennessee just gets outclassed by the A.J. Brown-led Philadelphia Eagles, Scott. Um, this was a huge game for uh, Jalen Hurts and all the boys through the air. Yeah, maybe Hurts can get to that MVP conversation with Mahomes. I,
1: I still side with Frank and Schwab and I have said that the Mahomes probably needs to get hurt to lose the job. But, I mean, put, uh, Hurts putting up a four-touchdown day against the Titans defense that we all respect. And, and everybody that we want comes along for the ride, right? I mean, Miles Sanders didn't have an efficient day, but at least he gets a touchdown. So you bail out with that. A.J. Brown dominates his old team. Devonta Smith is one of his best games of the season. He's active. And so it's not one of these, oh, Gainwell scored or Quez Watkins scored or Zach Rascal right. scored. N- none of that. The the Eagles went to their core guys and did it. And, you know, all week I was saying, I think maybe the Niners are better than the Eagles. I think maybe the Cowboys are better than the Eagles. Uh to reevaluate that. I also moved Philadelphia out of number one in my power rankings. I had the Niners first. I have to totally reevaluate that now that Garoppolo is hurt. But maybe the Eagles were the right answer all along. And on the flip side, I thought it was here we go for Traylon Burks. He gets the early touchdown. I'm all excited. He gets concussed. That throws the whole. This is an offense that didn't have a receiver to lose, and Burks was starting to be their number one guy. So that really hurts. I mean, they, they end up being led in receiving yards by a backup tight end or a secondary tight end, and Okakua, who I really know nothing about other than the fact that he was really active today. But uh, yeah, Derrick Henry was slowed down. The Eagles have invested in their front. You know, they brought in Sue and some other guys, and. They looked like the best team in the NFC today because I I get Tennessee. I I get that Tennessee is a flawed team, but Tennessee is a good team. They're a well-coached team. And if you kick the living snot out of Tennessee basically from the opening whistle, you impress me. So I I had the Eagles as kind of a B-plus, A-minus team before today. I I think that was not giving them enough credit. This is the NFC favorite, and maybe I'm just the one guy who couldn't figure it out.
0: Yeah, no, I I, – I get it. I, I think there was obviously reasons to question them coming into this, like, especially from a passing game perspective, but then AJ Brown and Devonte Smith go out and dominate like that. Jalen Hurst plays incredibly well. You got to be feeling great about the Eagles right now. Quez Watkins has a little bit of a shoulder injury. I, I can't imagine how, Like, much more highly concentrated this passing game could be between Devontae Smith and AJ Brown with Dallas Goddard out, but maybe that would just make it even more so. Um, Last note, I'm
1: still hoping they get Goddard back for the playoffs too, with fantasy playoffs, which is possible. Um, It sounds like holding, I've heard week 15 is possible for him. Uh, He's in a year where we'll take anything we can get a tight end. Uh, Even if they, I'm at the point now where if Goddard came back, even if they said he's going to be on limited snaps, I'd probably just play him anyway. Oh
0: yeah. they they would have to tell me he's gonna play like five snaps, and even then I'd be like, you know what?
1: On one leg, yeah, he's gonna be out there with a cane. Yeah, okay, God. I'll take my chances.
0: I mean, shoot, if Gronk unretired tomorrow, you, we'd all play him like no, like no matter what, right? Like so, that's kind of where we're at uh, with the uh, with the tight end position. I mean, shoot, even if like Jason Witten unretired, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Are you spending oh. all your fab on Okonkwo? So you can go after him with two hands? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. But then again, like, I don't know. I'm I'm doing the, I, I took a zero from Dawson Knox in a lot of leagues right now. So I'm not, I'm not exactly thrilled with what I'm dealing with with tight end. So I, I don't know. I'll think about it, but probably not. Um, By the way, just one last note on Derrick Henry. Again, I know it's been a really, really bad, bad run for him here. I'm a little like, you know, again, these things with injuries, we don't always know. I'm a, I'm like, I'm wondering if he's hurt, right? Like, I'm wondering if he's kind of worn down a little bit. Dr. Hilliard's a guy I think should be stashed. Uh, more than he is at this point the titans get the jaguars the chargers and the texans yeah. the next three games like that could be a slump buster for sure uh merry as as Derek merry Henry's christmas <laughs> derrick henry yeah. <laughs> yeah no kidding no kidding all right next game up here packers 28 bears 19 great to see justin fields back in action but man i mean i think christian watson another two touchdown game that's got to be the story the fantasy story coming out of this one you know, it said
1: eight touchdowns in four weeks, one rushing, Crazy. one receiving. A.G. Dillon started to play well the last couple of games. And Aaron Rodgers, look, look I'm not going to throw a parade for Aaron Rodgers, 5.9 yards per attempt, 182 yards passing. But the Bears fans, he just always beats the Bears. The Packers, oh, yeah. and I feel, I felt like I got some equity taking Chicago, some closing line value, because it seemed like the flow was going to be that Fields would go. And Fields was okay. He was kind of what you get with Fields, right? He had a couple of picks, he was active as a runner. I can't come down too hard on him. when Look who he's throwing to. Right? I mean, Equinemius, right. St. Brown, Nikhil Harry, Chase Claypool, Dante Pettis, David Montgomery, Cole Komet. That's your receiving group. Goofball, uh, you K- talk about Komet's, it. Komet's going to finish as a top-five tight end without a touchdown because that the position was especially gross this week and, and gross most of the time. My one complaint with Watson is that isn't he playing well enough that he should have a bigger market share? Only, only six targets on 29 to go around? I, I don't know. I, I just feel like you should be why are you wasting targets on Randall Cobb? Why are you four for none of them complete? You know, why yeah. are you throwing the ball to
0: some of these guys? You know,
1: I, I feel like he should have eight to 10 targets off the bus at this point.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. The one thing I was, I mean, yeah, the Randall Cobb plays like, Especially the one like vertical one, like an end zone target deep down the field to Randall Cobb in the year 2022. I don't know that I'm thinking that's got like, let me tell you what. I don't know what the EPA uh, per target should be on that or like the expected points are on that. Uh, by the way, I'm about ready to throw like expected fantasy points into the dumpster. But uh, just just as like not as a not as a use case, but as like a joke about it. Right. Like anyways, a whole other the subject. Uh, Christian Watson, though, runs around 94 percent of the dropbacks. He does have a 20% target share in back-to-back games, so we're getting there, Scott. I think the argument would be, uh, you know, he's st- as explosive as he is, as awesome as he is. He's still not a complete receiver, but I think the good thing is we're getting growth every single week with Christian Watson. So, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. It would be great to see him, like, give him a couple more deep overs. Give him a couple more crossing routes, stuff like that. That's what we're looking we're at getting... with
1: the rookie receivers, right? I mean, you, you yeah. want to see them take a step forward in the second half of the year. You know, Burks was starting to do that. He gets hurt today. Garrett Wilson... He's been good all year, but I'm um, just a grown-ass man schooling Minnesota, I thought, the whole day. And and Watson, maybe the best example of it because he, he was so invisible early on. But it's hard to get in the Aaron Rodgers circle of trust. It's probably harder to get into the circle of trust with Aaron Rodgers than it is Bob De Niro and meet the parents where that whole circle of trust stuff came from, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think De Niro trusted Ben Stiller more than Aaron Rodgers trusted his rookie receivers earlier in the year. But uh, Christian Watson's there, man. He's, he's not going anywhere, so – I Don't think I have him anywhere. I've, I've been ranking him proactively. I think I've been hitting him on props and stuff in DFS, but I don't have on any of my rosters. Very frustrating.
0: Yeah, i him on one team where I like lost Cooper, just timing wise, lost Cooper Cup and went to the waiver wire and like unloaded basically to get Christian Watson. And I don't know, that team's got running back problems though, so probably not going to go so anywhere. It's so
1: hard to find a major hit on the watch. I think it's been a pretty bad waiver wire year anyway, but you usually don't get major hits at receiver. So Watson's going to go down as one of the biggest ones. I think
0: rookie receivers are going to become like a, I was having a conversation about this with people on Twitter today, including Dwayne McFarlane, who inspired it because I retweeted one of his posts about like rookie receivers in the second half of the year, like you were just talking about. They're almost going to become like lottery ticket running backs, where if you can if you can stomach holding them early in the year when they probably aren't doing anything. Now, Christian Watson was dealing with injuries, stuff like that, so that's just one example there. But like, if you can stomach holding them through them just not doing anything on your roster, like they need to benefit from chaos less than like you know the traditional backup stash running back does, because like you need an injury for Alexander Madison to come through for you, and you need an injury for. By the way, AJ Dillon in this game. We, he was drafted to not be a stash guy. He's basically been a stash guy. He had 18 carries in the team. A- Aaron Jones has a shin injury, uh, in coming out of this game. So it's probably why AJ Dillon has those you know beefy carry numbers. But like, you need injuries for those guys to hit. You don't need injuries. You just need growth for guys like Christian Watson, for Traylon Burks, for uh, Garrett Wilson. You know, Drake London, obviously George Pickens. We're gonna talk about them in a little bit game later. Not not as much, but still. They're going to kind of become like backup running backs. You just stash them on your bench. You live with them not doing anything, hoping to get that upside later in the year. The idea is uh, I think Levitan was saying this
1: this week on one of the ETR pods, which are always great. Running back fantasy production is generally about opportunity, wide receiver fantasy production is usually about talent. So the talented guys are all going to be drafted. You're looking at your waiver wire, you're trying to find, you know, talent on the waiver wire. Well, a slow-developing rookie receiver is the perfect way to bet yeah. because there's an excuse for him not doing anything for the first couple months maybe of the season. Maybe he wasn't playing. Maybe he was hurt. Maybe the team didn't want to overload him right away. But those are the type of slow-developing Polaroids that can be a clear picture in the second half of the year. And there's just been so many cases of it. The great thing is a lot of times you didn't have to draft these guys, right? The person who's probably benefiting from Christian Watson in a lot of leagues didn't even think about drafting him, but yeah. you know just did what you did, scooped him up when they had a need and then they're getting the benefit of it now. So, again, opportunities. is your running back guidepost. Talent is your wide receiver guidepost. So, bet on guys who have talent who, for whatever reason, haven't gotten on the field yet because good things can happen when they do.
0: That makes a ton of sense. By the way, one last shout-out to Justin Fields. That touchdown run of his was ridiculous. Um, absolutely absurd. But, uh, you know, otherwise through the air, it's the same old stuff for Justin Fields. Next game up here. Scott, did I <laughs> – I know I said this on the previous show. They're like, these two teams – felt like mirror images of each other they felt extremely evenly matched well the commanders and giants are so evenly matched scott that they tie at 20 points on sunday
1: yeah yeah i said my throwing darts column i said why are the giants underdogs i feel like they should be favored i feel like these are very similar teams and thank god they were (laughs) underdogs because we we get to cash a ticket yeah right because the game ends in a tie and I feel like if they played tomorrow, it would be another tie. And, and speaking of those rookie They play re- in received, two weeks, by the way. Yeah, they are going to buy
0: The commander's going to buy, and then they play the Giants again.
1: I'm calling it right now. This will be the first. I don't even know if this is true or not, but I assume it has to be. This will be the first time a team, two teams have tied twice in the same season. It's <laughs> happening, now. That
0: would Matt. be amazing.
1: <laughs> and you know what's awesome about it? You know what's awesome about it? That means it's a 70-minute fantasy game. That means we get like 22 extra snaps, right? So yeah. you get to watch Daniel Jones, you know, throw a ball into the turf. You get to watch Taylor Heineke look over at the sideline with that confused look on his face. And, and score mm-hmm. another one for the um, the rookie receivers, right? I mean, John Dotson didn't win your game for you or anything, but five for 54 and touchdown on nine targets. We'll take it. Uh, of course, Washington doesn't play next week, so we'll see what the, what their game plan looks like afterwards. Brian Robinson nicely added on to last week. You like to see rookie players or any any player who's producing stack it you know Pacheco kind of stacked it with the Pacheco Robinson did the Robinson right 21 for 96 no touchdown a yeah. couple of catches that that plays he, any game they're competitive in and it seems like every watching game is competitive where they win even though the record is misleadingly good Brian Robinson's got 15 to 20 touches of equity every week again you have to have somebody plays for him next week but We'll take it, man. Uh, and then Darius Slayton, yeah. again, six for 90 and, and no touchdown doesn't, you don't win your week because of that, but at least he's their most targeted guy. At least when they're going downfield, you know, it's a Slayton play. I mean, that's, I'll take it. And they do play next week, and I need Darius Slayton next week.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's been a huge find. Saquon Barkley it was good to see him having a nice uh, having a nice game here 18 carries five catches he gets a receiving touchdown now the rushing wasn't efficient 18 carries 63 yards but um he has yeah i i I saw him talking to or saw reports of him talking to reporters and stuff like that you know asking him like oh oh, you have a shoulder injury are you you know kind of wearing down he's like no i'm just not playing well like the last two weeks when he hasn't put up big numbers or whatever and i think it's kind of refreshing to hear players say that because we for and you know it's like austin says on the show sometimes he's like yeah i had good numbers whatever i didn't play well like and and it's just like we think players are like these you know just monotone metronome like ding ding every single week it's the same old tone same old tone but it's not like there's ups and downs within even a great season like saquon's having i you know so it was just good to see him get back in the end zone here do you ever go in a podcasting slump matt did you oh, feel like did, yeah. you, did you hit a wall right before Thanksgiving, maybe or something like that? um, I tell you what Scott, I thought coming up to the, to to this game today you because I was so like who or coming up to this podcast not this game. <laughs> give me a break i'm not I'm not playing games here. Uh, I, I was like, oh, you know what this probably is gonna be a bit of a low energy show because i'm I'm a little tired. um you know, it was, a, it was a big day of football, a lot of energy there, but you know what? I think this's been a pretty good show, so um, but to answer the question, Yes, definitely. Don't you feel the same way sometimes? Or just like, no, nah, I just don't like, I don't have it. I don't have it as much. I'll, I'll admit the the
1: shows that we do, nobody wants to hear us complain about anything, but the shows that we do when there's a London game or a Germany game whatever, and you just have that extra window, which means you just, you know, your whole day started three or four hours earlier. That's a long day. At the end of those days, I feel like you know, that's our version of an overtime game, right?
0: Yeah. Well, especially for you, I, I got a harsh reminder of this when I was back on the East Coast. I'm like, Yo, I'm, I mean, cause you're on Eastern time there in Detroit. I'm like, yo, I'm tired by the end of these, uh, by the end of these days, uh, on the East coast. But yeah, you're right. Nobody wants to hear us complain. Um, I don't know if anyone wants to hear about this next game here, but we're going to talk about Browns 27, Texans 14. Um, let's just get this out of the way, Scott. I thought Deshaun Watson um, did not play well uh, in, in his game. Uh, you know, the, the numbers back it up. He was the worst quarterback by by a comfortable bit, too. He was the worst quarterback in EPA per drop back. Um, just watching him early in the game, he was off. He was not playing well. You know, he looked like, – by the way, he looked like a guy who hasn't played football in like 700 days. So I was definitely confused, though – By the game plan here because it felt like they got away from Nick Chubb, man, and like this was the worst time to get away from Nick Chubb because it was such a smooth matchup for him to come and crush this game. The Browns end up winning pretty much almost no thanks to their offense that went scoreless for a long period of time in this game.
1: Yeah, the Browns' defense was one of the stars of the day. You look at an opponent you can exploit, a quarterback you can exploit, and they score all their touchdowns on to defense and special teams. Watson we said there was a wide range of outcomes. I do feel good about this. A lot of people who had start sit questions on Watson. Almost every time I told them to sit Watson because their other option yeah. was reasonable, and I wanted to see it because not playing football for for two years and not being able to practice for the team until recently. And it's not like the Browns; they have respectable talent at receiver. You know, Cooper's a good player. Obviously, and Joku couldn't go today, which was a loss. But it's not like this is a plug and play offense that anybody just steps into it and is really good. And not surprised to see like Cooper have a four for forty, uh, no touchdown line on nine targets. That's kind of to be expected with the first Watson game back. A little frustrated. I gave out the Texans as a plus seven side, and I feel like if you just looked like what they did without giving away a punt return touchdown and the two defensive scores, I actually feel like this was a competitive game. Houston was actually ahead five nothing at one point, but it's still fun to talk about Watson. Um, but it's, it's he's back in NFL uniform. I thought it was reasonable that he might have. A rough game. He played worse. I I think even the worst possible game I would have expected. Maybe it wasn't as bad as he actually played today. But whatever. He's going to get better. Um, So, you know, if you're a Cooper manager, you're going to play him. Uh, DPJ next week you might want because six teams don't play. I don't think the Browns have their bye week right Yeah, They've already had it. So um, you may want to play DPJ next week. But I'm not – I don't like talking about Watson. I don't have him anywhere um I'm, I'm glad we're not talking about some huge game for him it's just he's the guy i can't root for and i, I just want to wear that on my sleeve you know be honest yeah, about yeah
0: totally uh, and look it's i think it's totally fair for you and, and other people to and every anyone that wants to feel that way can feel that way about it like it should feel that way about it because it is uncomfortable and it is weird to, it's definitely weird to talk about it's going to be it'll i think it'll always well i don't know i mean <laughs> it's always weird with this stuff right because there are guys out there that that it that, you know, they've done some horrible things, but right. you just, I, I don't like,
1: want to act like this is isolated. Like the only, you know, the only right. guy For sure, that would, would say be this totally about big is, big is Deshaun else, Watson. Yeah. The, the rest of the NFL is, is totally upstanding. People have never done a thing wrong. I mean, that, that'd that be kind of silly. Like it was interesting that like Le, um, LeBron James quit following the Cowboys because he did not like the way Jerry Jones responded to the kneel down stuff, which is totally fine. Totally reasonable take. So he went back to being a Browns fan. It's like, well, you know, what's the collateral damage with that?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You know? But you can say that every team. It's like when people say, "Oh, you're a Patriots fan. They're such cheaters, man." It's like you know the co- the '70s Steelers practically invented steroids, and the the Seattle's twelfth man was Adderall, and the 49ers dynasty was all about cap you know cheating the salary cap, and the, the Cowboys dynasty that those guys had a police blotter. There isn't an underbelly. There's a rock to be turned over with every franchise, and so we have to you know sometimes you have to separate the art from the artist you have to decide do you, you root for the team you grew up with do you root for the team you know that stylistically you know completes you for a long time i was an arsenal soccer fan cuz i liked the style they played and then they sacked their manager and they got rid of all the players i liked and i'm like well i'm not going to root for them in perpetuity they don't the reason why i fell in love with this team doesn't exist anymore that's why I, maybe the, the smartest guy in all this is you you know, you i feel like you're always a free agent fan and you'll just go to the team that's most entertaining in the moment or in the season and and maybe there's something to be said for that
0: well, that's the first time anybody's ever said the smartest guy in, in all of this is you. But uh, I'll take it because I do uh, I do think I'm mentally protected by uh by not rocking with the ups and downs of it. But yeah, I mean, with the Watson, it's just you know we're just gonna at least on this show like you know we're gonna talk about the what he's accused of and and everything and like how uncomfortable it is to talk about sometimes. But we're gonna analyze him honestly as a football player and the honest analysis or analyzing today was that he was not good. And like I always kind of thought like. Hey, it's a little, like, suspicious that people think, like, oh, it's, you know, and what we're definitely not going to do is come in and be like, whoa, Watson's back, like, wheels up emoji for the Browns offense. And, by the way, like, not only do I think that's kind of a a gross thing to do, I also think it's completely disingenuous. Like, yeah, the guy hasn't played for two almost two years now, like, two years now at this point. Like, give me a break. Like, he's just going to come back and, like. And the offense was good with Jacoby Brissett, you know? Like, that's that's another part of this, too. It was pretty funny that they threw out Jacoby Brissett as, like, a decoy QB sneak because he's so good at QB sneaks. And then they end up doing, like, an end around to Harrison and Bryan. I was like, hey, maybe save that one. That's a cute little trick you just did there. Maybe save that one for a not Houston-Texas game. But I'm going to leave it at that. But, like, yeah, the offense was good and efficient with Jacoby Brissett. Like – I think it's pretty reasonable to think like it might take look and Watson might come out next week and have a great game. But I think if he doesn't, it's pretty reasonable to expect that to happen. Um, Texans side of this man. Let me tell you what, Scott, your, your Texans bet there thwarted by the fact that Kyle Allen, like enough already with Kyle Allen, like he threw a, Ball right to a defender's chest uh on a screen just unbelievable stuff. Like enough already with Kyle Allen. I, I know that Nico Collins gets in the box, he has his 10 targets, like Damian Pierce, 18 carries, 73 yards, Nito, but like just go back to Davis Mills. I know Davis Mills is not the answer, but like we don't need to be seeing uh we don't need to be seeing Kyle Allen play football games with this Houston Texans team.
1: And this might have been the last waltz for Damian Pierce. He gets the Browns rushing defense, which is a great draw. Has a solid game, not a great game, but I mean whatever. You played him, you got something out of it they're at Dallas they get the Chiefs they're at the Titans i know the Titans didn't play well today but that's not a good draw i mean damian pierce i think is going to be on a lot of fantasy
0: benches the rest of the season yeah i definitely think so uh next game up Seahawks 27 Rams 23 we kind of buried this one a little bit cuz this game was fun man like in the afternoon window when the Bengals and Chiefs are going off you know the 49ers are doing their thing against Miami you know the Chargers are trying to come back against the Raiders like this was quietly a really, really entertaining game. Uh, you could tell that the Rams defense was up for this one. They wanted to to win this game. Uh, Matthew Stafford put on IR Sean McVay announced. He has like a spinal contusion. <laughs> that sounds great, but, in the end, Geno Smith makes another really impressive, like game-winning drive. Uh, he was awesome in this game. Lockett gets in the end zone, has a hundred yards. Metcalf hundred yards, a touchdown. What a beautiful receiving core! The big fantasy news coming out of it was Kenneth Walker, um, who is who's dealing with an injury and you know missed the rest of this game after leaving. Yeah, it's a six straight games for Geno Smith, quarterback rating over a hundred.
1: And I wish if you could have gotten the Geno Smith before the season, even if you didn't draft him. It would have been really easy, Matt, if you decide if you if you knew if if you like had a Seahawks spy, you know, or you're, you're good friends with Doug Farrar, or Mina Kines, and They say, look. Gino's a lot better, and everybody realizes he's been unbelievable in practice. I yeah. guarantee you, he has like a Pro Bowl level year. You might say, "Okay, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But you know what? I'm going to have all the Metcalf, all the Lockett because they were so affordable at ADP. Yeah. They both go over 100. They both score. They both get targeted heavily. They both have great chemistry with Gino. Gino's great, man. He will stand in the face of the The Rams. You said this was a fun game. A lot of lead changes. There's punching back on both sides, which is always good for fantasy. And Geno, he's really good about not dropping his eyes towards the rush. He knows where his bread is buttered, even though he will spread the ball around a lot. But, I mean, still 20 of the targets goes to his two alphas that maybe needed to throw the ball a little bit more with Walker getting hurt. I think getting the Seahawks right was one of the best things you could have done for fantasy. And I wish – and I love – you know, I love Metcalf. You know I love Lockett. Lockett is one of my most rostered players over the last four or five years if I added it up cumulatively. But I don't have a lot of them this year. And it's because I couldn't get the Geno Smith. It's not that I disliked Gino. I thought that Gino was going to be on such a short leash that the moment he had one bad game, they'd be like, well, let's see what Drew Locke looks like. And then Locke is a bad game. Well, let's go back to Gino. I thought both guys were going to play. I thought both guys would get at least four or five starts. And and Gino obviously seized this job early on. And then the question is, is there pumpkin risk? Well, he's not pumpkining, man. He's been great six weeks in a row. On the Rams side of things… I, look, g- gross offense. W- Wolford, you know, obviously, is a backup. He shouldn't be playing, but he has to play. He got hurt in this game. Perkins played for a little bit. Then Wolford came back in. But at least they picked a lane at running back. I mean, look, 17 carries for 60 yards is nothing special. But Cam Akers had all the market share, and he scores two touchdowns. And you know, if we, we can get to somebody having double-digit carries and touchdown equity in the backfield, that makes him a fantasy factor. We have to talk about Cam Akers. My, my friend Joe Dolan, he does a great radio show on Sirius um, – with Paul Kelly uh, on the, on game day. And they talk about the sick of it touchdowns, which is like the guys who play, who score, who everybody, you know, who would want that guy for fantasy. And I, one of their producers puts it together and they put Cam makers in there. And I texted Joe, I said, you know, Cam makers is like the only Ram I think I could start with any self-respect right now. <laughs>
0: self-respect yeah that's that's a good a way bit. of putting it i don't know how
1: much self-respect i have left but i have some of it to spend <laughs> on cam makers
0: <laughs> i mean my god scott please uh, respect yourself please respect yourself have some self-respect
1: e c t, man So you know the rams are socking it to me
0: what can i say Oh God, Cam Akers, man. Yeah, no, I agree with you though. Like if they pick a lane at running back and it is Cam Akers, like Akers isn't a terrible player. Um, that would be great to see. I don't know how much of faith I have trusting it, but I agree.
1: We'll be loving the four carries the two 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 out. Well, they did go for 23 yards. McVeigh was, you know, letting his hair down a little bit.
0: Oh God, the Rams, man. What a, what a strange, strange team. I do think John Wolford being back there makes the offense like legitimate. Whereas with Bryce Perkins, like it was it was just not legitimate like remember bright uh john wolford is a guy that uh sean McVay wanted to start over jared golf in a playoff game uh before you know like i think Wolford's that's, got a that's, that's how much the, that's how
1: much they'd given up on golf at that point but yes, yeah. yeah, you're right
0: <laughs> it is a thing it is a thing that happened all right
1: did you watch all the john wolford snaps at wake forest can you can you speak to his um anything can, about wolford
0: I, any receiver you
1: like here can you can you play van
0: jefferson with any level of confidence define uh level of confidence. Like I think if you, if you That's need no. to play, so, yeah, if you need That's to play, no. when you're asking for offense,
1: definitions, yeah. you've said no already. Correct.
0: Yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah. If you need, unless you need me to how deep is your league, how desperate, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. No, the answer is probably no. Well, it's yeah. like when the fantasy,
1: um, when the fantasy analyst gets asked like a question on the radio, like start so-and-so or so-and-so and they're like, is this PPR? They're just trying to buy an extra second. To, to buy an, about, Buy know? an
0: extra second. Like just, hedge a little bit too like now you're
1: a, you a favorite in your matchup you're yeah. the favorite here okay. oh yeah because
0: that that always matters <laughs> you the commissioner of
1: your league you the, yeah. do, do you have any fab money left
0: is it your birthday month uh what sign are you you know stuff like that yeah uh, yeah you're gonna
1: eat chicken today okay good all right i have my answer now
0: yeah in, in that case start their wide receiver in the flex okay Steelers 19 Falcons 16 um you know what some Some things to talk about in this game, I guess. Every Falcons, every
1: Falcons game is the same. It's horrible. This is every Falcons game. It's just like this. No scoring. No fantasy juice. No fun.
0: But we got twelve targets, ninety-five yards out of Drake London, though, Scott. Like, hey, that's a godsend, right? I mean, like, how many goofballs have popped up for the Falcons along the way? Twelve targets for Drake London. Five targets on America's bench.
1: On America's bench, but yes, And, and in the same day where Pickens gets two yards. And and the Falcons' touchdown goes to McCull Pruitt for crying out loud. <laughs> McCull Pruitt. Yeah. If yeah, anybody started right. McColl Pruitt, write to me. i I, I you know, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna give you a present. Okay. Find find me McColl. The first person I'm like, I can't guarantee a million presents. Maybe there's a million C- McColl Pruitt fans out there. Somebody tweet me <laughs> that you played McColl Pruitt this week and I'll and I'll give you like a bobblehead I'm not using or something.
0: If you have to send out a million presents for you know Pruitt. Uh, stands, I would be surprised, Scott. So I think it is that's Christmas. Pretty it is
1: Christmas. It's about time I gave something back to the people.
0: <laughs> Are you giving them fire takes on this podcast? There's that. Uh, Kenny Pickett looked decent in this game. You know, um, Deontay Johnson has 11 targets, 60 yards. Talk about like, the Steelers look the same every single week. Uh, Deontay Johnson's stat line looks about the same every single week. Um, continues making a couple boneheaded plays per game. Uh, I'm definitely like you know, I've been a Deontay Johnson fan. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm done with Deontay Johnson, but I'm not like going to go be. to the bat. I'm not going to go to the bat and defend him for you know every goofball mistake he makes because he's making it tough this year. Uh, George Pickens, yeah, that was disappointing. Just two uh, yards. I wish I had had the stones to take the under when Andy Barron threw it out there on the FFL prop, uh, prop, prop segment, but. I was too scared. I took the over what on the Johnson. What was the, pick- what was the it was like, total? It, it was like 45 and a half, and I was oh. taking the over on Deontay Johnson, 55 and a half, which hit, but I didn't then think like, all right, I got to take the uh, – how, how was I thinking two Steelers receivers were going to oh, have plus God. 60 yards in one game? I would have gotten both of those wrong. I would have been like,
1: Johnson's such a trap. Go bury the under, and I would have liked Pickens. If I had to bet one of those things, I would have bet Johnson under all day. At least, at least Frymouth did something. Again, in a year yeah. we're tight end, we're, we're, we just want a sip of – we're on an oasis and, and we haven't had anything to drink in such a long time. And then we see like a soda can and there's like just like one sip of soda in there and it's flat and it's gross. But it tastes so good because we haven't had anything to drink. Pet fry good. And you know what? Pickett looks better every week. I, I'll does, say that. Yeah. He's improving. What else can you really ask for? He looks better every week. That's That's something.
0: Yeah, they they just need an offensive coordinator change so bad. Like, they they need to overhaul that. Yeah, they have to overhaul that entire unit there. All right, last game up. We've waited long enough. Ravens 10, Broncos 9. Put the Broncos aside for a second. Let's just talk about the Ravens uh, because Lamar Jackson left early with an injury. It's a knee injury. Uh, John Harbaugh said he is not out for the season but said he's out days to weeks. Well, that's not very clear. Uh, Tell you what, Scott, I don't care about this offense at all. If Lamar Jackson's not playing,
1: well, I'll say this: at least you know Huntley can do a few things, right? I mean, he can run, he get a touchdown. He knows the offense; he played a lot last year. Um, They could be worse off at backup. You know, there could be a, a lot of teams don't have. They have something.
0: Yeah, but they can't. But they can't be worse off at wide receiver. That's that's the thing. Like last year, at least when Tyler Huntley was in there, like. Bateman was playing to the end of the year. You know they had Marquise Brown. Like they they have nothing at this point. Like Lamar Jackson wasn't even scoring any touchdowns. Like I don't have any faith in in the Ravens' offense without Lamar Jackson. Right. Yeah. I think
1: the sad is Jackson had twelve touchdowns in his first three games, and he has eight touchdowns since. You Still. can't dig him for today because he, he only he only played a few snaps. But it feels the the Ravens are one of these teams that it feels like all their scoring drives have to be fifteen plays, and that usually ends up being a Justin Tucker field goal anyway. They get just enough done to, to beat the Broncos, but man, the Broncos. I mean, Dude, Greg Delcic, he's, he's like tight end one right now on six for <laughs> 85 without a touchdown. That tells you I how know. horrible a tight end day it was. And Latavius getting all the carries. But again, the Broncos have, you're going to get at most one touchdown a week from this team. Today, it was all field goals. I mean, how can you play anybody on an offense where it's like, okay, there's one touchdown. Everybody fight for it. You know, yeah. is, who is it going to? Is it going to go to Kendall Hinton? Is it going to go to Mike Boone? Is it going to go to Marlon Mack? Is it going to be on special teams? It's um, They're the worst. The only, thing, the only thing good about the Broncos, their defense is so nasty that they their under ticket is like the biggest. I, when I said 39 and a half, I'm like, you kidding me? For my throwing darts column, I wanted to give up this game five times. And it never came close. 10-9 with a, with a late touchdown from the from the Ravens.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Broncos, my
1: God. Uh, it just- what could Denver do? How could Denver possibly? They, they have Wilson signed for such a long time. Yeah. Well, how do you get out of this? I I know I know I know they can fire the coach, it's not a big deal because the ownership is so much money. But I don't know what they're gonna do with Wilson except just sit there and languish in misery.
0: Yeah, I saw uh Steven Ruiz uh from the Ringer tweet about this. Like these Steven Ruiz, yeah. Yeah, these, these Stephen Ruiz, yeah. I don't, uh, want, I, don't
1: want, I don't want the false Stephen Ruiz popping in here. I only <laughs> want true Stephen Ruiz takes.
0: Exactly, yeah. He, he tweeted something, he's like, I went under the hood to look at uh, the Broncos contract and my, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, my only conclusion is they have to fold the franchise. Um, So, yeah, it's like, they could cut Russ, they'd be in, you know, salary cap hell for like three years or whatever, but I feel like they have to you know, break, I guess you get in the problem there, like, do they get into the situation where they like, hey, Russ, come in here and have some input on the on the coaching hire and all that. And like, you know, or do you think like, OK, we don't even we're not even going to think about Russ anymore, but it's going to do what's good for the team. Bring in some competition for Russ. Like, I think they have to go down one of those two directions. um, And either both of them are a like, guy. I, I don't I don't know. I just don't see how this is salvageable. I, like, yeah, is I, there, I, is ask, there any chance? Maybe the answer is no,
1: but is there any chance that this is partially injury related, that he's just been hurt all year?
0: Yeah, or sure. Just the fact that. I mean, and, and they're very an injured age. team overall. They're super I- injured team overall. Like I didn't think they're, I didn't think their roster was as good as everybody thought it was coming into the year, but there's no doubt that Judy's been injured this year. Cortland Sutton suffers a hamstring injury in this game. Like, um, you know, KJ Hamler's on IR. Javante Williams is, is out for the season. Uh, Garrett Bowles missed it. Misses time as well for this team. Like there's there, they've definitely had injury problems and Russ has had injury problems as well. So yeah, like, is there a chance that Russell Wilson bounces back and he's like a top 15 quarterback next year? I think that's probably possible. It would be, but you couldn't say that based on anything on film because the film has been as bad as the results. And um, it, it would just be like, I I don't think he has like bouncing back to be top five quarterback upside in his range of outcomes. So I think the Broncos are a little bit banged here with the whole Russell Wilson thing.
1: We didn't talk about him at all, but you know, what's really very, very jaggy is Gus Edwards. He's not a bad football yeah. player. It's not like he should be laughed out of the NFL or anything. But totally. when he when he came back with that really strong first game back, a lot of people were like, here we go, Gus Bus. And he hasn't done a thing since six for twelve yeah. today.
0: Yeah, it's been dealt with injuries too. I uh, just think this offense is like so 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 bad in Baltimore at this point. And J.K. Dobbins potentially coming back at some point, so uh, we'll see where he's at from his rehab. It Both bothers me that I have
1: nothing against the Ravens, but it bothers me they're going to make the playoffs because I feel like they have no chance to win the AFC.
0: Zero percent chance. I completely agree with you. I mean, they're just a totally—they're they're just totally toast. Um, almost as much as Denver. But they're <laughs> but eight and uh, four.
1: They're—they're going to make the
0: playoffs. I know. Yeah, they will. And they yeah, like if they like if the Jets went into Baltimore tomorrow, I'd expect the Jets to win. Oh my God! I mean, now without Lamar, I think there's a lot of teams that could beat Baltimore. But uh, you right, know, even so, with, because- even
1: with Jackson, yeah, without Lamar, of course that's a that's a line moving uh, event for sure, but. And they, they were so injured last year, and this year they're going to be one of the most injured teams in the league too. Yeah. Oh.
0: Well, we spent a lot more time talking about that game than I thought we would. Um, too much so time. Way too much time. Hopefully, I mean, I hope I do hope people are still listening. That would be great if you listen to the end I, of the show. I but, hope not. But if download you download literally,
1: <laughs> list, listening is optional. It's all about the downloads. Leave nice comments on the rate. review. Please rate, review, listen download to the show.
0: <laughs> Please download, listen, and rate and review the show. But if you skip the last five minutes of Broncos Ravens. I am mad at you. Uh, Don't worry about that. All right. That is officially going to do it for us. You can make yourself a smarter fantasy player and better, for God's sake, because the guy is on fire. If you follow at Scott underscore Pienowski, you can also, if you wish, follow me at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And while you're there, for God's sakes, do yourself another favor and follow at Yahoo Fantasy as well. Sir Andy Barron's. We'll be back to talk news, waivers, and, oh boy, the Treviso Babes. Mom's coming off a dominant win thanks to Amon Ross St. Brown and Jalen Hurts. That's all going down on tomorrow's podcast. Until then, we're out.